Hello and welcome to the FWC Podcast. Today's message was preached on Sunday, December 13th, 2020 by lead pastor David Damiani. So I just have a simple little message I want to give you this morning. Um, It's just a reminder and the worship time was just absolutely perfect for a setup of the reminder that I feel the Lord wants to give us. And at this season, we're at the Christmas season, um, talk about Jesus being born. You'll see nativity scenes and you'll see most years you would see live nativity scenes. I don't know if people do that this year or not, but little baby Jesus. At Easter, we talk about the man, Jesus, that lived on this earth for 33 years and, and um, the miracles he did, his disciples, the death on the cross, and we picture we have a mind picture, baby Jesus, we have a mind picture, Jesus on the cross, we have a mind picture, um, maybe of paintings you've seen, depicting Jesus. I know that young, that young lady, um, artist, that painted a picture of Jesus' face, um, and, and I don't know what you picture when you worship. When we talk about him, when we sing about Jesus, when we sing about our need for him, there was a hymn that came to my heart this week about be very sure, be very sure your anchor holds and grips the solid rock. That rock is Jesus. This is a time we need to know, this is a time for our family We need our anchor to hold. We're not... Hallelujah. Amen. Sinking sand, all other ground. All other ground. All other ground. Amen, brother. Hallelujah. Be in the army. Don't play army, right? He's our rock. He's our rock. It's not a time to fold the tent. It's not a time to hide. It's not a time to fret. It's a time to know that your anchor holds, and it's in Jesus. And I want to help you this morning, maybe, I want to help that you see that anchor a little more clearly and and in a book called Revelation. You ever hear that one? There's no S on it, by the way. It's not the book of Revelations. It's the book of Revelation, singular. And you know why it's singular? Because it's the revelation of Jesus, right? So, Christmas, he's a baby. Easter, died on a cross. But the Word of God reveals to us 
Who is Jesus right now? Who is he? What does he look like? What's the deal, you know? What happened when he ascended? So Revelation chapter 1. And I'm in our new favorite translation called the TPT. Passion. Revelation chapter 1 verse 1. This is the unveiling of Jesus Christ. I'll pause right there. You need a vision. You need an unveiling of who Jesus is in your life. You need a revelation. You need a fresh revelation of who Jesus Christ is. We need to ask the Holy Spirit, who's here with us, the Holy Spirit, reveal, unveil Jesus to us afresh, anew, one more time, Lord, that we could have a fresh vision of Jesus. In this book, you might avoid the book of Revelation because there's a lot of stuff in there that maybe it's scary, maybe it's confusing. I'll teach you a little something about reading the Bible, um, and I'll say that I'll say that uh, huh, I forget his name. I'm a little tired, okay? You forgive me with that, right? You know Tom Sawyer, the guy that wrote the book. Mark Twain. I know he's famous. Huh? He said it? Oh, really? Samuel Clemens, Mark Twain. Famous quote I've heard that he said, it's not what I don't understand about the Bible that bothers me. It's what I do understand about the Bible that bothers me, right? So when you're reading the book of Revelation, just see, what, Lord, what are you saying to me right now? You don't have to understand the whole thing. You don't have to understand every detail. But what's he saying? Read it. Every time you read the Word of God, he, he unveils more and more truth to you. You don't have to feel frustrated or I don't really fully understand it or I don't get it or what do I have to say if I don't have the whole thing memorized. Um, read it and say, Lord, what are you going to say to me today through your word? What can I see? This is the unveiling of Jesus Christ, which God gave him to share with his loving servants what must occur swiftly. Now, of course, people are talking about the end times a lot today again, comes up. Um, I said God's the God of the suddenly. What must occur swiftly? First of all, the book of 1 John talks about the spirit of Antichrist. Many Antichrists and the spirit of Antichrist. We're living in a time, this could be, you know, something happening right now and toward the end. Maybe not. It, it might not be. It doesn't matter because we're living in a time when there's things happening swiftly, things occurring quickly that matter to us in our time frame of living on this earth, right? We're going to be here 120, you know, 100, whatever years, 70, 80, however long you're here, your time frame to you on this planet matters, so whether you are living in the absolute last days and you see the total end of time and rapture or return of Christ or whatever you believe about the end days, it doesn't really matter. Your days are going to come to an end at some point. 
So, Lord, reveal to us what's going to happen swiftly in our lifetime. There's something that's going to happen that is happening swiftly in our lifetime. Do you guys hear something? I hear something. I can't. Is it in my, is it in here? I know, I'm talking too loud. Is that hurting anybody's ears? No, I mean my voice. There are things happening swiftly. We got to be, we got to know, Lord, what, what do you want me to do? You don't have to study and know every detail of end time events and prophecy and all. You don't have to know that. Lord, what, what am I supposed to do right here in this church today, this Sunday? What should I do? What should I be doing? In family worship center on Sunday, because this is your world. Unless you're a world famous politician or whatever, um, you don't have a world you're, you're not influencing and affecting the whole planet. You're affecting right here. This is your world. This is us. You have affected me today massively by worshiping the Lord. You have affected me. I feel good. Ba-na-na-na-na-na-na. <laughs> Whatever that goes. I feel great. I feel great in my spirit. I feel the presence of the Lord. I feel, I feel him here. You know, and I thank you guys. For that. So he wants to share what's going on with us. He doesn't want us to be ignorant. He doesn't want us to be uninformed. He doesn't want us to be confused. He doesn't want us to be fearful. He wants to help us navigate gentle as a dove, wise as a serpent. He wants us to be gentle and wise. He signified it by sending his angel to his loving servant, John. I, John, bore witness to the Word of God and the testimony of Jesus Christ. A joyous blessing, verse 3, a joyous blessing rests upon the one who reads this message. That's me today. I'm reading this out loud. I have a joyous blessing resting upon me. Right? It says it, right? Maybe we should read the Greek, what that actually means. I think it just means if you read this message, you have a joyous blessing resting upon you. Right? You agree with me? A joyous blessing rests upon the one who reads this message and upon those who hear, Jay, hear and embrace the words. Hear and believe, right? That's what you're just saying. We got to believe it. Amen? So we hear and embrace the words of this prophecy, for the appointed time is in your hands. There's an appointed time in our hands. We're living in the days of this, coronavirus, world shutdown, crazy stuff, businesses failing, sickness, fear. We're living in this day. So what manner of men and women are we to be in the day we live in? Fruit of the Spirit, I say it every week, fruit of the Spirit, kind, gentle, patient. I hear little murmurings, you know, we, we, we want to get really frustrated with people when we see them reacting or re- responding in ways that lets us down or disappoints us. Well, be patient, be patient, be kind with them. 
but stand firm. Stand firm, stand firm, stand firm. Appointed time is in your hands, verse 4. For John, to the seven churches in western Turkey, may the kindness of God's grace... See, look at this. This is like the revelation of Jesus Christ. Like one of the weightiest, heaviest books in the Bible. And right out of the gate, verse 4, he says, May the kindness of God's grace and peace overflow to you from him who is, who was, and who is coming. May the kindness of God's grace and peace overflow to you. If I had a hose that I could turn on and spray you with, with grace and peace. And that's what the Holy Spirit can do. He's doing it in this service. He's washing us, baptizing us in grace. And what does grace mean? It means a lot of things, but what does it mean this morning? Grace means take it easy. Don't be so hard on yourself. God loves you. I like the saying, he loves you and he's in a good mood. God loves you and he's, in, and he's in a good mood. And he is. He loves us. He cares about what's happening in our life right now today. So I pray God's grace and peace. There are people sitting alone. My dad is sitting alone in a, in a hospital room. He's laying there. Okay? It's, it's sad. It's frustrating. It's a lot of things. But my dad would stand here right now and say, I am not alone. Like, I think, I know my dad. He would say something kind of like what Jesus said when he was going to the cross. Jesus said, don't weep for me. Weep for yourselves and your children. My dad has said 400 times this year. 500. Becky could attest to it. He said, you know, Jesus said, when I return, will I find faith on the earth? My dad has said that 400 times, right, back. It was a big deal to him. He would say, not in a mean way, but he would kind of say, what's with people? Where's their faith? Jesus said, when I return, will I find faith on the earth? My dad was very concerned that people were not walking in faith, that we're succumbing to fear, succumbing to isolation. And it's bad and it's sad. But Paul, I mean Paul, John that wrote this, Revelation, he was alone, exiled on the Isle of Patmos all by himself. And it says he was in the Spirit on the Lord's Day by himself. And he got this huge revelation from the Lord. So my dad would say, don't weep for me. I believe, I know I'm with Jesus. I'm in his hands. I'm at peace. Weep for those that are struggling, that can't find their anchor. Weep for those that are feeling in a dark place and, and feeling lost and kind of set adrift. Weep for them that they can find that anchor point. Be very sure your anchor holds and grips the solid rock. Let's keep going here because I'm going to talk about what that rock looks like, all right? 
The one who is, who was, and who is coming. From the seven spirits who are in front of his throne, from Jesus Christ, the faithful witness. Jesus Christ, the faithful witness. There are people that are faithful, committed, loyal people. They are there. You can count on them. Jesus is that way. May we be that way for people. They can count on us. We're steady. We, we, we know where our anchor is. Jesus is the faithful witness. The firstborn from among the dead and the ruling king who rules over the kings of the earth. King Jesus. I like to say that. I like to remember that sometimes. And I say, King Jesus. Because he's king. He's king of kings. He rules over the kings of the earth. Now to the one who constantly loves us and has loosed us from our sins. Okay, out of the gate. Book of Revelation, chapter 1. Again, boom, talks about peace and grace. Right in the next sentence, loosed us from our sins. This is a theme all through the New Testament. Jesus has loosed us from our sins. We can have grace and peace and walk free from the bondages of this earth. I, I, I pray, I pray, and I'll, I say I pray, so I'll pray. Lord, let every pulpit in this country start to tell people they can be free from sin. Start to tell people they can be set free from the bondage of sin. And be at peace with the Lord. Experience His grace that sets us free. Loosed us from our sins by His own blood. That, that, that kind of seals the deal. Are we, should, should we consider ourselves to be loosed from sin? Well, if you believe in the blood of Jesus, because the blood of Jesus, that loosed us from our sins. Washed us, made us pure. To the one who has appointed us, man, this is, this is like action-packed phrases, one after the other. To the one who has appointed us as a kingdom of priests to serve his God and Father. There's, the, there's a theme we've hit many times in here. You are ministers. We're a kingdom of priests. You're priests of your home, you're priests where you go, walk in authority. What are we called to be? What are we called to do in this time? The appointed time, quickly, suddenly, this all came upon us. What do we step up and be? Priests in a kingdom to serve God and the Father. To Him be glory and dominion throughout eternity of eternities. Amen. Behold, he appears within the clouds, and every eye will see him, even those who pierced him. And all the people groups of the earth will weep 
with sorrow because of him. And so it is to be. Amen. All the people groups of the earth will weep with sorrow. Something pops in my head. I posted when I was up in the Poconos a couple weeks ago, I posted that I had this thought in my head, just popped in my head about I hope that, bear with me with this subject matter, but I said I hope that there's women that have had abortions that know they can be forgiven, and it's totally forgiven. And I posted a, a sentence about that, that, you know, they confess to the Lord and they're forgiven like it never happened. That's what he does with us. That's how Jesus is with us. I posted that a couple weeks ago. This morning, you know how people go back on your posts and they click things? There was a laughing face on that post. Someone clicked laughing. It just popped up. And um, so I saw the person's name and I clicked on it. And they are like godless. You know, all their posts are like, they're mocking you know, ha, 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 like, like who would ever need forgiveness for that? It doesn't, doesn't even matter. You know, it's nothing. It's not even wrong. You know, that type of thing. That's the type of person, if they don't get saved, if they don't become born again and know Jesus, that's the type of person when Jesus reveals himself again will weep with sorrow because of the ignorance that they lived in, the lie they believed, the deception they walked in. And they're going to weep with sorrow. These aren't people that we should hate, attack. We need to feel bad for their eternity, where they're going to be. I feel bad for people that don't know Jesus right now. I feel bad for people that are attacking and mocking Christians, the Word of God, mocking church. I feel bad for them. There's a day coming when they will weep with sorrow. And they'll realize it's too late. But he said in verse 8, I am the, and this is um, the hero, Aleph and Tav, the beginning and the end, the Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end, says the Lord God, who is, who was, who is to come, the Almighty. Then John says, I'm your brother and companion in tribulation. We have overcome by the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony, everyone overcome. We're going through something. It's not that we're delivered from everything that comes along. We're going through it. But he's with us. We're going through it. We are going through it. <laughs> we're going through it right now. I mean, we are going through it. This, is, this isn't, this isn't a, a good time. But he's with us. No matter what's going on, no matter what persecution comes, no matter what will happen in the future, no matter what's around the corner, he's with us. He's, we, we need to be with, for each other, our brothers and companions in tribulation, and Jesus is our brother and companion in tribulation. He's with us. The kingdom and the patience that are found in Jesus. The kingdom and the patience. Man, I've been, I'm working on a, a message about the Old Testament and all the crazy stuff that happened in the Old Testament, you say, how did God allow that to happen? He is so patient. He works with us where we're at. He finds us in our ignorance. He finds us in our confusion. And he's patient with us. And he works along with mankind. Thousands of years ago, they, they didn't know things that, that 
they should have known or could have known. They're killing each other. God was patient. He could have wiped out mankind. God is patient. God could have started over with Adam and Eve, right? They messed it. That, that's, I say it often because I, I know human nature. If, if, if we were God, Adam and Eve made a mistake, we'd be like, all right, that, that, was, that was weird. Let me try this again, you know? Like perfectionism, like, oh, wow, this iPhone has a scratch on the, on the, on the thing, this thing, screen. It's got a scratch on the screen. Might as well throw it out. Give me another one, right? We're perfectionists. God says, oh, humans, we got a scratch. We're a little messed up. We don't understand. He's so patient with us. He's so patient with us. He's a good God. The longer I know him, the more I know what a good, good father he is. So, patient, found in Jesus. I was exiled all alone on the Isle of Patmos because of the ministry of the Word of God and the testimony of Jesus. And John wasn't saying, woe is me, poor me, where's God? You know, how could you do this to me? You left me, I'm all alone. John wasn't saying any of that. I was exiled alone on an island because of ministering the Word of God. And because I testified about Jesus, verse 10, verse 10, Revelation 1, verse 10, I was in the spirit realm on the Lord's day. Most translations just say I was in the spirit. John, this says I was, so you can look it up in the Greek if you want, context here. I was in the spirit realm on the Lord's day. I was in the spirit realm. What does that mean? I walked in here in the natural realm. I stood, you know, over there in the natural realm, and I looked around in the natural realm, and all of a sudden we start to worship, and now all of a sudden the natural realm is disappearing, and I'm in the spirit realm, and, I, and, and everything is possible in the spirit realm. Like, all this stuff is it's just there. Like you hear the songs, you hear, and, and your faith is surging, and your belief is surging. And God could do anything. He could heal us, set us free, deliver us, save our family when we're in the spirit realm. Don't be afraid to be in the spirit realm. So I talked about at the beginning of this. Don't be afraid to be in the spirit. Don't be afraid to worship in the spirit. Don't be afraid to sing in the spirit. Don't be afraid to let your spirit overflow. I was shopping at Giant last week, and whatever well, was the night, it was the night that they called us and said my dad had 10% chance of, of making it. And then I went into Giant. And then I started praying in tongues, walking all around Giant, like out loud. Man, people can do all kinds of things in the world, but we're afraid to like be in the spirit and function in the spirit or pray or worship why you know why why i'm not afraid i'm not afraid i don't want us to be afraid we're shy to do it in church we're shy to do it in church don't be afraid to be in the spirit i was in the spirit realm on the lord's day 
And I heard behind me a loud voice like a trumpet once again. Don't be afraid of some noise. Don't be afraid of a little noise. Saying to me, write, write in a book what you see and send it to the seven churches. Now here's where the Revelation thing kicks in. Like, you're reading the book of Revelation. Okay, the church of Ephesus, Smyrna, Pergamum, Thyatira, Sardis, Philadelphia, Laodicea. You know, well, where are these places? They're in Turkey. You know, what was their culture? What was the people group? What was the population? What type of clothes did they wear? What kind of, like, dishes and pots did they use when they cooked? These are the kind of things people, like, dive into when they're studying, right? I understand all that, but you don't have to get caught up in that. He's going to write these seven letters to the churches. You can read these seven letters and say, Lord, how do these apply to my life? Am I lukewarm? Laodicea. Have I lost my first love? Right? These are messages to those churches, but they're messages to us today. If, if, if these apply to us, they apply. They're a message from God to his people. Don't get caught up in, well, when is the exact time that, that God would be saying, and you know, whatever. Is he saying it to you? Do you feel convicted when you read it? Do you feel his spirit prompting you? Do you feel his spirit prompting you saying, it says, you know, I have the keys of David, right? Do you ever feel something in your spirit that says, I think I have keys. I'm not going to say they're the keys of David. I'm not going to say like King David and the, whatever that means. But God is saying, I have some key. That means I can open some door for some people group. I have keys to open a door. Not, not exactly what, what the book of Revelation is saying, but the concept is God wants to give you a key to open a door. God wants to open doors no man can close and close doors no man can open. He wants to do that in our life. Read the Bible like that. What are you saying to me, Lord? Okay? So the book, the message to Philadelphia, we could say, ah, oh, maybe that applies to us because, you know, 25 miles down the road there, there's a city called Philadelphia. Well, yeah, there are things in that letter that apply to us. Absolutely. There are. But write this in a book, the seven churches, verse 12. When I turned to see the voice that was speaking to me, I saw seven golden lampstands. Walking among the lampstands, I saw someone like a son of man. He was like a son of man. In other words, he had the appearance of a man, kind of. But he was wearing a full-length robe with a golden sash over his chest. His head and his hair were white like wool, white and glistening as snow. I'm going to give you a word picture. You can remember this on Wednesday because we might be getting snow on Wednesday. First they said 8 to 12, then they said 7 to 10, whatever. If we get 6 inches. Oh, anyway, um, white as snow, glistening, sun comes out, gorgeous blanket of snow comes over the earth. So anchor in Jesus, right? We need an anchor point. Who is he? This is Jesus right now. 
He's not a little baby in a manger. He's not shredded to ribbons on a cross, which he did that for us. Who is he right now? Who is the God we serve? Who is King Jesus? He's, he's a being. He's resurrected from the dead. He received a new body. He received a resurrected body, and so will we someday. And he was walking among the lampstands. And he had a full-length robe, golden sash, hair like wool, glistening like snow. His eyes were like flames of fire. When you look at Jesus' eyes, yeah, in his eyes, what do you see? Compassion, love. You can see a lot of things in his eyes. But the King Jesus that we serve, the King Jesus you can anchor, anchor in, has eyes glowing like fire. His voice was like the roar of many rushing waters. His voice is so powerful. The king we serve, the Jesus we're anchored in, his eyes are fire, his voice is like the roar of rushing water. In his right hand he held seven stars. And out of his mouth was a sharp double-edged sword. Out of his mouth was a sharp double-edged sword. The word of God says, what God says, the words of God, God's words are sharp and powerful like a two-edged sword. There's a famine in our land. And it's not bread or water or toilet paper. But there's a famine in our land. The famine is what is God saying? There's a famine in the land of the Word of God. The Word of God is sharp, powerful, has a two-edged sword. But there's a famine of the Word of God. Not the Bible. There's not a famine of the Bible. Many, many people have a Bible. And that's the Word of God, the written Word of God. But when you take the written Word of God and you combine it with the Holy Spirit, and that written Word of God is spoken through your mouth, through your mouth, that God puts His Word in you and it comes out like a sharp two-edged sword. There's a famine in our nation of people that can wield the Word of God like a sword. The people that can speak the Word of God that separates soul from spirit, bone from marrow, that, that discerns the thoughts and intents of our heart is what it says in Hebrews. The Word of God is sharp, discerns the thoughts and intents of our heart. We need people. What do we need today? What do we need? What's the timing? What's the and suddenly? People rising up, and it's happening in this church. People rising up that the Word of God is coming out of their mouth that's causing a division from soul from spirit. What does that mean? People are learning the difference between emotional and spirit. People are learning the difference of their feelings and walking in the spirit and faith. People are learning the difference between the thoughts and intentions of their heart. Like, why did I do that? What was the intention that I, oh, I wanted something in return. Oh, I wanted praise of men. Oh, I wanted God to give me, you know, something or I wanted something from him. 
the word of God spoken that, that causes a division between the thoughts and intentions of our heart, where our intentions and the thoughts of our heart become pure. We're serving him out of purity. We're serving him because we love him. We're not serving him for what we get. We're not doing things for people to receive. We're doing it out of freely we have received, freely we give. Freely we have received baptism of fire from the Lord. Freely we have received an empowerment of God's Holy Spirit. Freely we have received healing. Freely we have received a touch on our body. Freely we have received a spirit of peace that flows over us. If you've received those things, the Word of God says what you freely receive, freely give others. When you encounter people in life and you hear them talking their stuff, speak peace to them. There's a famine in the land of people that can speak the Word of God. Jesus has a sharp two-edged sword coming out of his mouth. Jesus wants to put his word in you that comes out of your mouth. What do people need today? They need to hear what God's saying. On Christ the solid rock I stand, all, all other ground is sinking sand. All other words are sinking sand. What's God saying? What's God saying? That's what we need to hear. That's what we need to know. That's why you need to let that portal open up. Be in the spirit on the Lord's day. Speak Jesus to my spirit. Put your word in my spirit. May the words and the meditations of my heart be a sharp two-edged sword that causes a division, that does laser surgery in people's hearts and lives. They are lost. They are scared. They're confused. They're depressed. They're full of fear. I pray the word of God become so alive in you. His voice was like the roar of rushing waters in his right hand seven stars, out of his mouth a sharp two-edged sword. His face was shining like the brightness of the blinding sun. When I saw him, I fell down at his feet as good as dead. But he laid his right hand on me and I heard his reassuring voice. When I saw him, if we get a vision of him, and I pray we get a vision. I pray that the Lord reveals to you again how powerful Jesus is, that he's the king of kings, fire in his eyes, sword. I pray you get a vision of that. When you see him, you might feel brought low. Woe is me. Like Isaiah said, woe is me. I'm a man of unclean lips and dwell in the midst of a people of unclean lips. When you get a revelation of Jesus, you might feel brought low momentarily. Whoa, I'm not worthy, Lord. But he'll lay his right hand on you and you'll hear his reassuring voice. And what, and what is the first words he said to John on the Isle of Patmos? And what is the first words he says to us and has continued to say to us week after week after week here? Don't yield to fear. Don't yield to fear. You can get bad news. You can hear bad news. You can hear a bad report. It might be true. It might not be true. It might be whatever. 
The bottom line is, don't yield to fear. Your anchor needs to hold. You can't be swept away with fear. Your anchor needs to hold. Though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. I will not fear. My dad's laying in a hospital room. We cannot be afraid. He can't, he's not afraid. He's not afraid. I know he's not afraid. I'm not afraid. We can't, be, we can't afford, be, afford to be afraid. You can say, well, it's a human. It's natural. I get it. I know. We're going to grieve. I'm going to be sad. I am sad. But Jesus says, don't yield to fear. Don't yield to an unsure future. Here, Beck. Take this in. Here. That's the hospital. Huh? Well. I don't have one of these new phones. They'll either call back or they'll call mom. Uh oh. I'm not afraid. I'm human. I'm not saying I'm not human, of course. But I'm not human either. I'm not really human. I shouldn't say I'm human. Because we're beyond natural. The Word of God says. We're not mere men. We're not just humans. We have an indwelling Holy Spirit. Don't yield to fear. I am the beginning and I am the end. Oh, she was my music. I shouldn't have done that. I should have just let her call my mom, I guess. Oh, we got... Anyway, I'm the beginning and the end. The living one. I was dead. But now look, I'm alive forever. What does that mean? He can say, hey, I was dead. Hey, I had this. Hey, I used to feel that way. Hey, I used to... You know, for us, we can say to other people, I used to be in bondage. I used to be an addict. I used to be, you know, caught up in that stuff. I used to live in fear. I used to, you know, be whatever. Jesus says, I was dead. None of you can say that. I was dead. Now I'm alive. He's saying that for a reason. Hey, I was dead. You know what? It wasn't so bad. <laughs> I died and it wasn't bad because the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead dwells in us. He says, I was dead, and then God's Spirit, His Spirit, Jesus' Spirit, God's Spirit, the Godhead, came and raised Him up, and I'm alive forever and ever. I hold the keys that unlock death and the unseen world. I want you to write what you have seen, what is, and what will be after the things that I reveal to you. The mystery of the lampstand is the seven stars is this. The seven lampstands are the seven churches. And the seven stars in the right hand are the seven messengers of the seven churches. The seven angels are messengers. God appoints people to be his messengers. He's looking for more messengers. 
that can, have his, that can hear his word and will deliver the message. All right, stand with me if you would. Then suddenly, I saw a heavenly portal open before me. And the same trumpet voice I heard speaking with me at the beginning broke the silence and said, ascend into this realm. I want to reveal to you what must happen after this. So as we, as we close this morning, I just want, just take a moment and say, Lord, help me ascend in the realms. Lord, help me see the spirit realm. Lord, help me worship you. Help me be willing and not so afraid to worship you in spirit and in truth. And Lord, reveal to us, reveal to each person here what you have for them, their home, their family, their sphere of influence. Lord, reveal to them what you have for them. Start this morning in a fresh way, Lord. Jesus, you are King of kings and Lord of lords. You are an anchor point. Blazing eyes. King of all kings. Reigning in glory. Giving us authority. Jesus, help us walk in authority as kings and priests. Give us courage. Take away fear. You haven't given us a spirit of fear, but power, love, and a sound mind. Lord, I pray that power surges through us. Your love overwhelms us. We have crystal clear thoughts, sound mind. That we will not be overwhelmed by fear in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Thank you for listening to the FWC podcast. If you'd like to learn more about the church, you can visit our website at familyworshipcenter.org or in person at 1000 Troxel Road in Lansdale, Pennsylvania. Thank you. Have a great day.